0: So, Father, tonight we're trusting you for your blessing. Uh, Lord, we have never suffered for lack. You've always supplied everything that we've needed uh, in time. And so, Lord, we we continue to trust you. Uh, Lord, thank you for a disciple-making ministry and a ministry where every member understands the responsibility of a minister where our members function as stewards, where each member, uh, as, they, as they get fitly joined and as they grow in your word, they recognize that, God, you're using them uh, for kingdom work, and so they own it personally. Uh, it's theirs. Lord, would you continue to multiply ministers, not just here at 40th and Walnut, but all over the world. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Vietnam and in Nairobi in Dallas, Denver, Lord, all over the world, uh, we've got brothers and sisters who are seeking you. I, I, uh, I hear from, from Bible school students who are getting full of faith and, and trusting to see ministry multiply. Lord, bless the work, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bless the offering? Would you bless the giving and the giver? Would you give us wisdom in terms of how to effectively invest for maximum kingdom impact? Lord, if it is your will to give us the the building across the street, that urban mining building, uh, then, Lord, we we trust you for the resources for that. Um, You know, I think we were praying this earlier, but, Lord, I remember the very first prayer over space. Uh, when my friend from New York and I laid hands on this building, uh, the request is still the same. God, if it would please you to see souls saved and disciples made and, and leaders trained and equipped uh, and sent from, from this building at 40th and Walnut, then we trust you for it. Uh, we trust you for it, for your glory, for your work, and Lord, for the good of the ministry here. Lord, would you open our eyes? Would you increase our understanding? Lord, would you give us wisdom out of Proverbs? God, we want to live the life that you've called us to, and so we need to know your word. God, would you please help us now? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing in Proverbs chapter 13. Um, If you didn't get a handout, uh, a paper handout, you can get digital copies online. Uh, but if you want a hard copy, raise your hand and somebody from the Connections team will hook you up. Just keep your hand up till they get to you. Okay, so we're continuing in Proverbs chapter 13. We're still on point number three. We're seeing the, the contrast between the righteous and the wicked and we're looking at the, their hopes and fears. So we're gonna pr- pick it up here in verse 15. Verse 15 says, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. So how do we get good understanding? Well, you guys know this. You know the answer to that. We've seen this a few times in Proverbs. We saw it in Proverbs chapter three. Uh, We need need the wisdom of God, so we need the wisdom of the word, and this is the invitation. Proverbs three, verse one, my son, forget not my law. You know, you can know the law and then forget it. You can know the word of God, and you can forget what you know, can't you? The command is forget not my law, but let, let thine heart keep my commandments for Here's the blessing, right? For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. You can forget what you know, but what you know can flee. So you gotta, you gotta lay hold on it. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. And if we'll do that, right? We've got the blessing physically. But now watch this relationally, verse four. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So if we're going to have this favor, we've got to have a good understanding. If we're going to have a good understanding, we need the mind of Christ, don't we? You guys know the song. Ready? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible. Bible. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's better than last time. Praise the Lord. Uh, this will keep coming up. Okay. We, Kid Town knows this better than a lot of adults, right? We need the word of God, we need the mind of Christ if we're gonna have good understanding and have good favor, so get this down in your notes. Uh, Notice, thou shalt find good, thou shalt find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. See, good understanding, here's what it does for you, it produces good living on your part, and as a result, there'll be good treatment of others. Right? In other words, if you understand you know people and you know how to treat people, you know how to serve. Jesus knew how to serve. I mean, check him out in Luke chapter four. Look at his mission. Uh, you know, when he was a kid, they went to the temple and, and couldn't find him because he, he, he kept serving in the temple and mom was freaked out and wanted to know why they couldn't find him and he's like, w- must I not, wished ye not that I must be about my father's business. Mom's thinking about that, but notice that he's all about his service to the Lord and to the Lord's people. Verse 52 says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. There it is again. What is he? He's in the the place of God, in the word of God, doing the work of God, and he's just getting God's favor and man's favor. Okay, so you know how, because you know know how to, you understand, so you're living right, now you're treating people right, there's favor that comes out of that. Now, on the flip side, it's hard out there for a transgressor. I mean, it's hard out there for a transgressor. Why? Well, because perpetrators perpetrate, and that's irritating to the victims, and many times the victims want to get even. They want, I mean, victims want retribution, and that's going to end up hard on a transgressor. Sinning is never easy. Sin always hurts. Hebrews says the pleasure of sin is only for a season. So, so a transgressor is just messing up the lives of people. And so people tend to, tend to react. Look at Matthew 7. Notice the way of the transgressor. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. The right way, you know, that's that's narrow and straight. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So the its easy to find mischief, isn't it? It's easy to find error and to stumble along in a way that's destructive. Uh, This is what most people do. It's the way of transgression and destruction. Conversely, the way of Christ—it's straight, it's narrow, but it's also—it's not overly burdensome. Check out. The, the, the invitation of the Lord Jesus to his people in Matthew eleven thirty. 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, the, the way of the transgressor is hard. Service to the Lord, walking by faith, walking in a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, serving him, that is, a, that is an easy yoke and a light burden. So the way of the transgressor, this is, this is hard, that word hard. I think is very interesting the way it's used in Scripture. It's a it's a it's a it's a strong word. It's a masculine noun. It obviously means strength. It means um, it means power. But figuratively, okay, how is it used? Well, it describes the constant position of a stream or sea. So, it, in a in a very real sense, the course of a of a great water is described as being hard. I've water skied a lot as a young man, and I'm telling you, uh, you know, you get that boat going fast enough, and you hit that water, it feels like concrete. Uh, but that's not even really what we're talking about. We're talking about the course or the place of a great body of water, and it's it's described as hard. A great example would be Exodus 14:27 when the Red Sea returns, right? The sea returned to his strength. That's that same word translated hard as strength. Here's another example, Amos chapter five, verse 24. Let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness as a hard stream, as a mighty stream. Uh, That'd be that, that same word. So this way of the transgressor is being hard. Uh, the, the, it's, it's that same word, right? It's like, a, it's like that way is this river that will sweep you off your feet and carry you away. You can't avoid it. I mean, if you're transgressing, you can get stuck in that way of living and it'll just sweep you away. Transgressors can easily get stuck in hard living, can't they? It's like, it's like the mistakes domino and one disaster leads to another and the next thing you know, you've lost everything. The way of the transgressor is hard. It's like a mighty stream. It will sweep you away. Ask anyone who is living on the street. One bad decision leads to another, and I mean, it seemed like an easy, it seemed like an easy decision to make in the time, but the way of the transgressor is hard. By the way, Amos 524, I I don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to point this out since we're here. In Amos 5:24, this is a this is a key verse that that uh, you know social justice proponents would claim um, because uh, they're not calling for judgment. It's based on how this verse is translated in modern translations. In the NIV, let's go ahead and put that on the screen. Uh, in the NIV, it's rendered, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Well, that that sounds like pretty positive provision, doesn't it? Let justice roll on like a river. Um, And and again, believing social justice activists, this is a a common theme verse for them. Uh, In the ESV, it says, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So the goal in terms of how this verse is used is justice for man and there is nothing, I mean, you remember what we saw in the King James, it's judgment running down as waters and righteousness is a mighty stream. So the, the, in the newer versions, it can be taken as justice for man versus judgment of God. And, and people can do that even in the modern versions. If you won't pull the verse out of its context, you can see what's really happening there in, in Amos 5. Um, God's gonna execute judgment to a wicked people. The context of Amos chapter five is a lamentation against God's people. Uh, You see that in verse one. And what God is saying to his people in Amos five is they're not seeking him. So look look at the passage in its fuller context, Amos 5, 21. God says, I hate, I despise your feast days. You're worshiping and it's making me nauseous. I hate and I despise your feast days. I will not smell your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. You're offering sacrifice and I'm saying talk to my hand. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of the voils. But let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch, and your Chuin, your images, the star of your God, which ye made unto yourselves. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus? saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. So when people take this verse and they say, oh, let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a never failing stream, what they're really calling for is God judge us because we're not seeking you. Not really, we have a form of godliness, there's no reality, God judge us because we're not actually with your agenda, we've got our own. Okay, what's the real problem here when we rest the scripture like this and we take verses out of context? God tells us in Hosea 6 verse 4, or, I'm sorry, a little dyslexic there, Hosea 4, verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay, this is what we just saw, right? We need the word of God so that we have the wisdom of God. That's how we'll gain the favor of God and man. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. is because thou, thou hast rejected knowledge. God says, I also will reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Man, everything that's wrong in the world today that's motivating social justice activists to try to do something, they're trying to do it outside the gospel of Jesus Christ. The answer for what's wrong with the world, we're living that every time we come together. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, man, to be reconciled with the living God changes everything. Ah, but my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The gospel, man, that's everything. Okay, verse 16. Every prudent man dealeth with the knowledge, but the fool layeth open his folly. Okay, prudent means shrewd or sensible. Shrewd or sensible. Now notice, the prudent, when they get information, good or bad, they don't flip out they get information they're even attacked they don't they don't wig out they deal instead right they don't they don't freak out they respond tactically they respond appropriately proverbs 12:16 says a fool's wrath is presently known but a prudent man covers shame okay so i got i got bad information i'm not going to i'm not going to lay open my folly i'm going to react prudently i've got information i can keep my mouth shut A prudent man covereth shame. Proverbs 12, 23, again, a prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Uh, I think I I know something, so I'm gonna say something. That's what fools do. So a prudent man gets information. How does he deal with it? To deal means to accomplish or complete. A, A prudent man dealeth with knowledge. So he's accomplishing something, he's completing something with what he knows. He knows, you wanna get this down, he knows what to do with what he knows. Did you get that? He knows what to do with what he knows. Anytime you find out something, what do I do with this information? Go blab it to everybody because it's a little salacious and this will really get people revved up. They'll be hanging on my every word, said the fool. You've got information, do you know what to do with what you know? That's, that's the question for the prudent. There's a proper response to what you know and the prudent know how to respond rightly. Now the fool, he gets a little information. He can't, he can't do that. He can't hide his foolishness. So here's some wisdom. If you've got some information and you don't know what to do with it, um, let me give you some counsel and some advice. Okay, you ready? Don't ever miss an opportunity to keep your mouth closed. That's, uh, that's what the old folks said. Don't ever miss an opportunity to keep your mouth shut. Uh, even a fool can be counted wise if he can just zip it. <laughs> just keep it quiet. Okay, I don't know what to do with this, this information. Now maybe you need counsel. Go seek a proven counselor Don't be foolish with information that can cause damage or hurt or destruction. That also begs a question, I I got to be a part of the Bible study in Nairobi this last Saturday, and uh, there was like 12 or, I don't know, there was was a good group of people on the the Zoom. And uh, this question came up in Proverbs chapter 26, uh, verses four and five. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him, And then verse five says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So which is it? Do you answer a fool or not? (laughs) You know, what do you do? Um, Here it is in a nutshell. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. So here's a fool that can't be helped. They think they know something, they're completely wrong. They don't care to know what's true. Uh, their, Their mouth is blabbing. There's no way they'll receive instruction. You start arguing with them and pretty soon you're, argue, you're arguing crazy too. He doesn't care about the truth but you're beating your head, okay, don't do that. Don't enter into that foolishness. Now there's a fool that you answer according to his folly. You answer that fool lest he be wise in his own conceit. This is a guy that can be helped. He thinks he knows something but he doesn't know something and, and, and I mean he doesn't know the truth but, but he might actually get somewhere if you help him out. Don't let him continue in error. Uh, so that, that, that would be, you know, Lord give us wisdom to know which fool to answer and which one to prudently step back, walk away. <laughs> let him go his own way. So a prudent man dealeth with knowledge, okay? So this, this prudent man looks before he leaps. Okay, that's your next set of notes. Uh, he looks before he leaps. Proverbs fourteen eighteen says he understands his way, fourteen fifteen says he looketh well to his going, twenty two three says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. He knows when to withdraw and and protect himself, but the fool layeth open his folly. Right, so he's deceived. Fourteen eight, uh, he's a sucker. Fourteen fifteen and Proverbs twenty two three, he's. He's punished, right? He he doesn't foresee the evil, and so it hurts him. Uh, you'll see twenty-two, three repeated again in twenty-seven, twelve. Okay, verse seventeen. Verse seventeen: A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. So we're going to see someone who is wicked versus faithful with the word of God here. That word "messenger" is the word that means angel uh, appearance. It's an appearing it's someone it's someone some entity appearing to give a message uh, that 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 word is translated as angel it's someone who is sent to represent so get this down in your notes a faithful ambassador represents his country correctly saying exactly what they've been instructed to say that's what a messenger does you know Mary needs an announcement from Gabriel. If Gabriel doesn't say exactly what God tells him to say, that Christmas story is rough, man. I mean, that's rough. What is happening to me? Okay? Uh, A faithful ambassador represents his country, or his king, correctly saying what has been instructed. Okay, so I'm talking to the ambassadors. I'm talking to the messengers. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? What is this representative? Well, we are ones who are to behave and speak correctly. Let's pick it up in verse 18. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. It's our ministry, we own it. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, so, what did He do? He came to seek and save that which is lost. Uh, you know, we were, we were cooked. We were, we were lost and dead in our sin and trespasses and sin. So, we were already condemned. So, He didn't come to condemn us. He came to see us set free from the bondage of sin. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Watch this now, verse 19. And hath committed unto us, what? The word of reconciliation. Because we've been given instruction in what to say, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For we have a gospel message to declare, verse 21, for he, God, hath made him Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And if we will faithfully communicate that message on behalf of our king, our kingdom, that is saving health to the lost, isn't it? I mean that's absolutely saving health to the lost. A faithful ambassador is health. So we're either gonna be obedient and speak exactly what we're told to say or we'll fall into mischief. Those are our two options in verse 17. A wicked, a false messenger falleth into mischief. When people believe a lie, does that do them well? There are so many other gospels out in the world today. What we need is a true biblical gospel of reconciliation, amen? Uh, We don't need a a, a social gospel. Man, thank God, Uh, you know, everywhere the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ goes, it, it, it not only sets captives free spiritually, but also Physically economically, I mean, everywhere the gospel has gone, uh, women quit getting quit being treated like property. <laughs> uh, women all of a sudden start having rights, red, brown, yellow, black, and white become brothers and sisters, they become family to one another. It is an incredible thing what the gospel does it sets people free, and there are societal changes that happen as a result of that um, you you look at you look at the history of the world. I mean, uh, the great advances in medicine, uh, just compassion for the human condition. This was born in the hearts of believers. Uh, the, the the medical The medical benefits that the world enjoys today that came out of out of out of uh, out of minister, out of the heart of ministers of reconciliation. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. There are so many good byproducts from the gospel. But man, we don't need a gospel of health and wealth, we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. We weren't told to preach prosperity. We were told to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whenever we tell people that the key to knowing God and having a relationship with God is if you speak in tongues, that's another gospel, and people are gonna fall into mischief, so they come before a great white throne and why, why wouldn't I have access to heaven, I spoke in tongues. <laughs> Book chapter verse, we need to be faithful with the message that we've been given. Well you made me rich, of course I'm saved. Your prosperity on earth does not buy you a place, that's not your ticket to a place in heaven. God help us to be faithful messengers and represent our king well. The judgment seat of Christ is coming and it will either be loss or reward in 1 Corinthians chapter three or it will be rejoicing or terror in 2 Corinthians five. All right, verse 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. So the key here is not refusing instruction but hearing it, right? We don't want to refuse, we want to hear. We want to be listeners. A, a scorner, Proverbs 13, one, uh, a scorner heareth not rebuke, but the wise will hear instruction. Verse 13, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. So the one that refuses poverty and shame, he that regardeth reproof, honored. That word honored means made heavy. Ladened, okay made heavy so if i'm regarding reproof dad's correcting me and i'm listening i'm paying attention okay uh, you know i see where i made a mistake i'm gonna quit doing that you're gonna be honored made heavy how well proverbs 3 again if you'll pay attention to what wisdom is saying what do you get length of days proverbs three sixteen. 16 uh, riches and honor Paths are peace, right? It's tree of life to them that lay hold on it. Happiness, happy is everyone that retaineth her. What are you laden with? You're laden with these promises, these blessings out of the word of God, Joshua 1.8. That it's taking the reproof, taking the instruction of God's word, observing to do all that's written therein. That's how the believer makes their way prosperous, Joshua 1.8. That's how the believer finds success. So you can be made heavy or you can be made a lightweight, right? You, you wanna be a heavy duty believer or do you wanna be a lightweight? Uh, this one who refuses to regard instruction, who despises correction, they come to poverty and shame, verse 18 says. They're, they're, they're made a lightweight. If you won't listen and learn, if you won't regard correction, then you're doomed to repeat failure and if you keep repeating failure, you're not gonna get ahead. This is why we say some people never learn. They just never learn. You ever had anybody that you know, like that in your life? You're like, uh, how many times do they have to get the same lesson? And they just keep failing to receive the reproof, the, the correction, the instruction. Some people never learn and they come to nothing. So that's the question of verse 18. Do you want to be heavy, a heavy duty believer or do you want to be a lightweight? Come to nothing. Verse 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Eric, you need to bring the worship team up. We need to give God praise. Um, You can do that while I wrap this up, right? Uh, Oh, there's two more blanks. Let me give them to you, Eric. Uh, Getting right is as awful to the fool as messing up is to the wise. Getting right is as awful to the fool as messing up is to the wise. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. So abomination versus accomplishment. We already saw this in verse 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath, 1123. That word abomination, when you see it, typically it's expressing how God feels about evil evildoing, evildoers. It's always related to God's view. But here, we see it from the perspective of the fool. Um, Typically, it's from the perspective of God. An example would be Proverbs 17, 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. God's like, I I just can't even with that. I mean, abomination. Uh, I mean, God reviles it. So the, the desire of the wicked to repent, uh, unthinkable, can't, can't happen, it's, it's abomination to depart from evil. Uh, all they can do is just, is just pursue, they want satisfaction in their fulfillment and, and the idea of getting right, getting right with God, getting right with God's people, that, that, that's unthinkable, that's nauseating because their rights have been violated, they haven't gotten out of life what they deserve, whatever the excuse is, uh, to humble themselves and get right with God or get right with God's people, (sighs) unthinkable. Getting right to them is just as bad as you know, a righteous person planning a murder. Unthinkable, it can't happen. Lord, uh, so many truths in your word tonight God, help us not to nod our head and, and, and give lip service and, and surface agreement to what your word says. Lord, help us to be wise, not foolish. Uh, help us to be prudent, not foolish. Lord, help us to seek your word and your will, not the desires of the flesh, the pleasures, the pleasures of sin for a, a season. Help us to see that the way of the transgressor is hard. Lord, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of times where the solution is, it, you know, it's, it's just old-fashioned repentance. Uh, sometimes we're in relationships that, that, that keep dragging us down, and so Lord, we just ask for strength there uh, to, to walk away. Oh, Lord, and that even in itself is a perfect definition of repentance. Uh, But some people need to to cut off a relationship that keeps dragging them into rebellion against you. Lord, some of us, um, Lord, what what we need to do is we need to quit with the excuses and all the reasons for why we can't submit to your word. Uh, We need to stop. We need to repent of that. And we need to receive the reproof that your word so lovingly brings to us. Thank you that you don't play with us. Thank you that you don't sugarcoat it. Thank you that you just, you speak the truth to us in love. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts and minds to receive it. We don't want to nod our heads and, and say amen to your word and then just keep living foolishly. God, I pray, open the eyes of my brothers and sisters. Lord, lead, guide, and direct this church for your glory. Help us to be wise and prudent. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.